0: Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday service. Awesome. Everybody's doing good this morning? Yes. Awesome. A lot more active responses than what Miss Anita got. I'm glad we're getting. Worship worship got us awake today, huh? By that fire of God, I'll just get you moving. Yeah. Before I jump into today's message, can we just take a moment and celebrate the fact that life wins, we can celebrate the fact. Come on, somebody. Yeah. You know, the Supreme Court, and and look, I'm gonna talk about this just for a second, but if you really wanna know my in-depth feelings, just go listen to my last message, it was all about that. But. Uh, Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. I didn't even get on Facebook yesterday because I figured I'd let like the anger subside and then begin to show love to people on both sides because as the church, we are pro-love, right? We're not pro-politics, we're pro-love, and everybody needs to understand that God loves them no matter decisions that they've made in life, decisions that they're currently making in life, and that's our job as the body of Christ, to be a reflection of Christ on the earth, and that's what we're gonna do, right? And I know, I know many of us, we've been praying for this to be overturned, but I want you to understand that there is great responsibility on the back of an answered prayer, okay? We now have a responsibility as the body of Christ to those women who are pregnant who think that they don't have any options for their baby, right? We need to be there for them. We need to, we need to do everything that we can to show God's love, to say, hey, you have Options, you have choices, you are loved, that you do have help. God sees you, God hears your cries, and, uh, and we're here for you. Amen? Amen? Awesome. Just had to get, again, if you want to hear, uh, uh, the last message was all about this because it was coming. So uh, go check that out. <laughs> last time uh, I had the opportunity to, uh, to do announcements at the end of service, I must have bragged a little bit too much about how many fish I catch. I know, right? Like, that's a thing. Cause cause on Monday, I had at least three or four different people send me pictures of the fish they were catching that day. And none of them invited me to go with them. Right? They were scared I was gonna catch all the fish. But uh so so I'm gonna be humble today. Um all right. I'm gonna be humble today. I'm not gonna tell you a story about all the fish that I've caught, but I will tell you a boat story. You know, everybody likes a good boat story, right? So so I got a new boat, and I was going on my, my maiden voyage on the boat this week. Uh, I was by myself, had to go test it out, because, you know, when you get some work done and all this, you, need, you don't just throw the family in the boat and go get stranded somewhere. You just go do that by yourself, you know? And you tell people about it on the internet later. But uh, as you should, that's right. So, uh, so, so I get the boat in the water and I'm, man, I just, as soon as I put it in gear, like I start here, something's not right here. And then I try to drive around a little bit and it just won't go anywhere other than just sputtering, right? Even, I mean, I can get to four or 5,000 RPMs on that and it wouldn't go anywhere. It wouldn't mean to just sputter out the back. So I was like, all right, I got to I gotta bring the boat back in, back in. See, it wasn't me. I (laughs) had to bring the boat back in to get worked on some more and uh and if you if you know boats like usually when you try to get the boat back on the trailer it's easy to drive the boat onto the trailer but when you don't have that option it changes the game especially when you're by yourself right so what I did was uh I, I got up to the to the dock I tied off the boat I backed the trailer into the water and then, uh, and then I pulled the, the, the winch out as far as I could. I hooked it up to the, to the boat. And since, just a little bit of, of microphone stuff. It is me? All right, what am I doing wrong here? I don't know. All right, we'll figure it out. So anyway, so uh, so I had to back the boat down because you got to get the nose of the boat over the front roller, okay? So I had to get real far in there. So I can try to get the nose of the boat, but, but when you're that far... You need the rails to actually push the boat up. So I had to back down further and then hook it up so I can reach and then pull up and then have the boat kind of drop back a little bit and blah, blah, blah. So I'm in the midst of doing this. I back far in. I get the boat hooked up. I get in the truck and I start pulling up so that I can get the boat to do this. And all of a sudden I see the boat floating away. I was like, that's not supposed to happen. Apparently the, the winch had come unhooked. And so I'm like, <laughs> I'm at, somebody's got video of this. I'm sure somewhere and it's gotta be hilarious. But uh, so I'm just like taking everything out of my pockets and I'm just throwing them in the back of the truck. And then, and I'm trying to like slowly get in the water. You ever like, like, you, like it, just like, please come closer, you know? And by the end of it, I was actually, I was standing on the trailer, but I was this deep in the water. Like I was this close to having to swim after my boat. Like 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 this close, I have to swim after the boat, and and I got it hooked up, and I looked around and nobody was watching, so I decided to tell you all that story today. But I think in our relationship with Christ, it can look a lot like that sometimes. Like 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 the very thing that we want, it seems like it's 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 out of touch, right? Like 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 we it's just not working out like I want it to. It's it's not supposed to be this hard. It's supposed to be easier than this, and uh. And then we end up in this place where like God's calling us to a deeper place, right? And 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 it's like, but but I just I don't want to fully commit. I, I don't want to just jump in and go after it. Like like God, how much do I actually have to do in order to get to the thing that I want to do? But God is always calling us to a deeper place. Speaking of deeper, y'all like that plug? So tonight we start our deeper ministry, oper- we don't call it a class, but I don't know what the full definition of this is. But so anyway, tonight at four o'clock, we are going do to- we have a graphic too, if you throw it out for me. Tonight at four o'clock, we are going deeper in our relationship with him. It starts at 4 p.m. It's a six week ministry opportunity. I know right now we have almost 50 people signed up, but let me be very, very clear on this. Um, It's fifty dollars to come, but don't come, don't not come because of the money, okay? If 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 that's an issue for us, come talk to us after service. I'm doing a communion in the back, and catch me after that. Or Miss Anita, that's right here on the come talk to us, or just show up tonight. Don't not come because of the fifty dollars, okay? Like that's just not the kind of church that we are. That's not the kind of God that we worship. So we want you to be involved. That also our young people, youth. If you go to register, you can actually register for $20, all right? It basically, it really just covers the cost of your book. Adults, we have to watch your kids and do stuff back there, so we're trying to cover all of those costs. But, hey, guys, sign up today. It is at 4 o'clock. At like, I've been just looking forward to this for so long. I know my message is going to have a lot of components that will just kind of talk about this a little bit. But you can sign up right here. Don't miss this opportunity. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. All right, get that plug out of the way. Um, you know, God's calling all of us to a, a deeper place. Like, like there's never a moment where God just says, you know what, you're okay right there. Why don't why don't you why don't you just stop and 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 just stay right there for a little while? He's always calling us to move forward. You know, I love in the uh, in the Old Testament as as Moses is, is making the Ten Commandments, God says, "Don't make any images. don't don't make any statues of me." You know why He said that? Because statues don't move. It says something about God that isn't true, because he's a moving God, and if we're following him, it means that we're always moving also. But there's different seasons in life. We, we go through things, and we're a different place, and sometimes it just feels like what I'm going through right now, there's no possible, like, I just need to survive, but God's like, I'm not the God of just surviving. I'm the God of the fullness of life. I'm the God that, that brings you deeper into relationship, no matter circumstances. Like, he's just that kind of loving God. He's not the kind of God that just helps you to get through things. He, he's not the God that says, okay, just don't get angry in traffic. Like, no, like God will minister to you through the toughest moments of your life. If you're, taking moment, uh, if you're taking moments, if you're taking notes, and you should because it's not real until it's written down, the name of today's message is The Wind, The Water, The Whisper. The Wind, The Water, The Whisper. I almost named it Earth, Wind, and Fire, but they weren't all Ws. So I didn't, I didn't really say what I wanted to, but I do wanna talk about different seasons that we go through in life. And a lot of the problems with the seasons that we go through is that, uh, We're looking forward to the next season, and if we're looking forward to the next season, a lot of times we can fail to learn the lessons of this season that'll actually get us to the next season. It's just like grade school, right? Like, it's it's real clear, you gotta gotta learn math, or you can go to the next, you know, you, you have to learn what is the lesson in that season before God promotes you to the next level, to the next season, or the next thing that he wants to do, and the problem is, is that when we begin to just look towards the next season and just try to survive the season that we're in, we fail to learn the lessons and that's why we get stuck in that place. And it's not God saying, just stay there. No, God's saying, hey, pay attention to what's happening in this season and in this moment because he is doing a work in you through that season, through that moment that brings you into a deeper relationship with him and only through that will you get to the next season. And y'all watch TED Talks? A couple of people. Those are good, you should watch them. There's some really good ones. Anyway, so there's a guy. There's a guy I saw one years ago, man, and it just still impacts me today. There was a guy who was an artist, and he would make art. He would make like dot art, where he would just like make these incredibly beautiful portraits and pictures. And he would just be with just, just doing dots. I mean, he just there millions of dots on a piece of paper. What begin to happen? from him doing so many dots like that that he actually began having problems and his, his dots didn't look like dots anymore. They began to look like commas and then tadpoles and then like he couldn't do the dots anymore. So he went to the doctor and they, they couldn't figure out. He went, actually went to a neurologist to try and figure out what was happening in him. Why couldn't he do good dots anymore? And, and, they, and they couldn't figure it out and one doctor just stopped and said, why don't you just embrace the shake? Why, why don't you just embrace the fact that your hand shakes now and you can't do dots and, and why, in embracing that, why don't you make art with it? So through that, he began making like scribbly art and he actually like really wanted this really cool journey. He did one picture that was like just grease from a McDonald's Big Mac. Yes, he absolutely did. Go watch this, it. fabulous talk. He, uh, he did, he, and then he went through this thing where he wanted to make art that would actually destroy itself. So he made like this matchstick art and then lit it on fire. He uh, he began doing like sidewalk chalk art so that it would the rain would just wash it away. And like and he really found freedom in embracing the season that he was in and making the most out of what he had going on in that moment. That's that that's what God is calling us to do. To embrace the shake, to embrace the circumstances, to embrace to acknowledge what's happening but acknowledge still that he's bigger than that. And that's when it gets laid at his feet and that's when God begins to do such an incredible work on the inside of us. You know, uh, when when, when we don't get to that place of embracing the shake, we begin to look at God like he's an escape hatch, right? Like like, like my family and I like to do uh, escape rooms. You know, we're going to Texas this week on vacation. And, uh, and so I looked at the, the, the place we're going. I looked at what are the escape rooms in that area because I know we will go to an escape room. And we actually picked one. That, uh, we're going to fight some supervillains. So go team. But, uh, but, when you're, but when you're in that room, there's actually like there's a screen. And, in, and the screen gives you hints. There's a, a voice that can speak to you. And, and if we're not embracing the moment in the room, we're just going to stare at the door and just be like, Door open. Right, like like door open in Jesus' name, even like, and we're commanding the door to open, but what we're failing to realize is there's actually a leader in the room telling you what the process getting to open the door actually looks like. Come on, somebody got that one, right? There, 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 there's, a, there's a voice, there's a leader in the room, and, and like he, he may only give you two or three steps at a time, but he's giving them to you because he wants to teach you something on that journey before he opens that door. Philippians 1.6 says this, for I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. The one who began the good work in you. You didn't start the good work. He did, before you were even born. The plan for your life was already written before you were born, but, it, but it's unfortunate that a lot of times we, we, we're tiptoeing, like I was on the back of that trailer, right. We're, we're tiptoeing instead of just jumping right in and going directly for what God wants. but he's like, embrace the moment, embrace, I am perfecting you through what I am doing despite the circumstances of what's going on around you. We try to get as, we try to put in as little effort or get it as, stay as dry as possible. That's not the kind of God that we worship. He's a full immersion kind of God. God cannot accept half efforts. It is only our complete yes that God can accept and that God can embrace. Because he is a holy God, he is He is omnipotent, he is all present, he is all knowing, he is everything and he cannot take second place. It is outside of his nature of who he is. You know, that the alternative to saying yes to the Lord is just being left to our own self. Being left to our own self ends up us regrettingly swimming after a boat instead of just jumping in and grabbing it. You know, I was, I was, I was talking, um, talking with Pastor John. Oh, by the way, Pastor John in Austin, they're out of town right now. They love you guys. He called me right before service and asked me to just say, hey, he loves you guys. They'll be back next week. He looks forward to worshiping with you. But we love the fact that he has the opportunity to just get away for a moment, that God just bless him. And uh, let's just pray. like Lord, we, we thank you for Pastor John. Lord, we ask that you would bless him. Lord God, bless them on their trip. Lord God, give them beyond what they've even asked for on this trip. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome. But we were talking in a, you know, sometimes we try to get this understanding of, of God's discipline. And what I really think God's discipline is, is just leaving us up to our own decisions. I, I get the idea of free will, like, like I do. I, I am a grace, free will kind of guy, I, you know. But at the same time, it, it, it is when we say no to God or don't give him our complete yes, that we say yes to ourself and our own desires. And Lord said, okay. That's what you want. And then we end up in a place like, God, why did you do this to me? God said, I didn't do it to you. I gave you another option. You just didn't give me your full yes. Yet, yet. God wants to perfect the work in you. You know something, I mean, this is something that cost me a lot to learn as a leader, but every person actually has to get their own revelation. I can't force my principles, my revelation, my thoughts. I like you guys who like to argue on Facebook. God bless you, but uh, but it is only a person's own revelation that brings change in them. And God could use you to bring that revelation. He absolutely could. He does it very often. That's actually one of his favorite ways to to give revelation. But we cannot force people to see things the way that we see them. We have to allow God to give revelation do whatever's going on. So, hey, if you're in a struggle, uh, it's a, rev- a revelation from God, right? If you're fighting through something, it's, it's a revelation from God that you want. Let me just put it like this. God doesn't give revelation for consideration. He gives revelation for participation. Y'all yeah, write that down, somebody tweet that. God wants to perfect the work in you, yet we are sinful creatures, right? Like we'll never be perfect, but the perfection that we will be is Christ in us. It, 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 is, it is him, and the more of him that is in us, the more perfection is shown through our lives. And, uh, and the thing that he is doing, right, the, the perfecting that is happening is him pouring himself out on us. That's what perfecting looks like. It is, it is, it is that moment where you say, God, I, I love you, God. I, I just give you my yes. And we just allow ourselves to receive more of him. And then when we receive more of him, we're being perfected despite what's going on in our lives. We have to give our, our full yes. Our full yes looks kind of like this. It looks like Pastor Jim going to Haiti years ago and establishing a work there. So now we have an orphanage, at least three churches, hundreds of people that are worshiping because a man said yes, even in a tough situation. Joel Desherry went across the earth, right, to another continent. You know, I was talking to him one day, and he was like, Nick, I'm so inspired by you. Like, you went and started a church. I was like, bro, I moved my family 30 minutes. You went to another continent. You know. But he was, he was posting pictures this week, and he had uh, Pastor Joel Stockstill from Bethany over there, and it was just an amazing how many wells have they dug yet. How many, how many hundreds of thousands of people have clean water now because somebody gave their complete yes to the Lord, right? <clears throat> You know, when I hit 40, I begin to think of this idea of legacy, like, right? And it's like, man, my legacy will never be, never be that big, but maybe I'm not called to have a legacy that big. Maybe I'm called just to minister to one person who does something even bigger, right? I, I, I'm just called to be who I am and do what I do. And the Lord says he wants to, to bless that God doesn't give, i got to head in my notes. God doesn't give revelation for consideration. He gives revelation for participation because he is omnipresent, all-knowing. God is a consuming fire. He is a rushing wind. He, he will overwhelm you and your circumstances if you will just let him in. You know, in Acts 2, I want to, man, <laughs> my prayer time lately has just been full of talk with revival, the Lord is just like over and over and over again with me. He brings me back to the scripture. Let me read it. I know we know it. I, I've, I'll probably use this in my last message. I'm sure Pastor John's used it in between. But when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind that filled the whole house and they were, where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues of fire distributing themselves and resting on each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. The fire of God fell in that place. You know, when you experience the fire of God, right, you want more of it. But those who haven't are actually scared of it because they don't understand it. It it, it is, the fire of God reveals his undeniable presence. It, it, It purifies it purifies our lives in that it develops a deeper desire for God than the things of the flesh. It means that we begin to seek him above everything else. I just want more of his fire. I wanna experience him at a greater level. I wanna go deeper, right, with him. And, and, and it just, you, you, you uh, desire for more and more of that. The fire of God produces love for others. The fire of God produces fruit In our lives, it inspires, it brings boldness, it brings passion, it caused uh, Peter to preach. It caused Moses to go back to Egypt. All right, it led the Israelites through the wilderness for 40 years. It is the fire of God that Elijah used to defeat the prophets of Baal. It is the fire of God that has us to step out in a moment of faith and do things that we never would have done before. It is the fire of God that changes us. You know, I heard somebody say one time that, uh, that what you need to do is just get on fire for God and get in front of other people and let them watch you burn. That's what I did in worship today. I just, I just let God light me on. I don't even know what i set up here, to be honest with you. I think it was the same thing over and over again. But here's what I know. When you light yourself on fire and have the fire of God burn in you and other people see it, it gives permission for them to embrace it too. Right? So if I can get up here and I can do that, like, okay, he can get up here and he can go crazy for a minute, so can I, right? But it is, it is the fire of God that develops Christ in us. You know, for me, my, my sermons are actually forged in the fire. He, he, the, the gift that God gives you really is found in the fire, Right? It, it, it is found in that moment. And for me, like sermons are just a major part of what he's called me to do. So that's, that's where I get mine. I actually, today's sermon, I received two weeks ago standing in the back of the room next to the fire hydrant in the middle of worship. It, that day we had the men's, men's event. And I told the guys like, hey, he gave me this sermon today. I'll call it a holy download right, it's in that moment of just complete and utter, Like Lord, I'm just embracing the fullness of who you are in my life, and that fire of God, it just begins to, to give me something that I need to do what he's called me to do, oh man, if you haven't experienced the fire of God, you want to, it'll, it'll change your life, you know what, it looks different for different people, Yours may not be a sermon that gets downloaded. Yours may be that, that you just are uh, impassioned to go and share the love of Jesus with somebody. Maybe it's that you go fix somebody's car that you know is broken down. I know uh, I was talking to somebody today. I'm not going to say his name because I don't think he wants me to on front of everybody, but I, I was talking to somebody today, and he said that, uh, that he was reading a devotional with uh, all our, our men, leadership teams reading a devotional together, and uh. And there was something that the devotional said and he said, when when I had that, when I read that, it was like the Lord spoke to me and something inside of him was lit on fire and he went and blessed somebody else because of what happened in that moment. Maybe that's what the fire of God's gonna do in you. It's just gonna cause you to go and use your gift to bless someone else. Amen. The fire of God is this, it is opening the floodgates for God to move in us, on us, and through us but it only comes when we are fully connected and engaged with the source. That is the only time that you'll experience the fire of God. As I said, your gift is to let the world watch you burn with God's fire. You know, as an Old, Te- Old Testament character, Moses, that was very familiar with the fire of God. He actually had several experiences with it. It starts with the, with the burning bush. And I'm just gonna kinda skip through this. I know I gave you guys the scriptures, but I'm just gonna tell the story. So Moses was actually, uh, just real quick, he was he was born, all the babies were being murdered at that time, so they actually hid him. And then, uh, and then Pharaoh's daughter was bathing, and once he was born, they actually put him in a basket and sent him down the river. That's how he got his name, Moses. And Pharaoh's daughter saw the basket and took the baby and actually raised the baby in Pharaoh's household, yet he knew, he knew that he was an Israelite. And as he grew up, he began to see how the Israelites were being persecuted. And he got angry and he killed an Egyptian one day because of the persecution. Then now all of a sudden, from living in Pharaoh's house, he becomes afraid of Pharaoh and actually runs to a place called Midian. That's where he meets his wife and he begins to, to, uh, to shepherd sheep in that moment. And there comes this day where he's walking by and he sees the fire of God. He sees a burning bush. And I think that he describes like the fire, like, like the fire of God is, is, is when he speaks to us. It's his presence. It's, it's when he fills us up. It's when he, he does things in earth. It's the manifestation of the presence of God in the natural realm, essentially is what I'll describe it as, right? But but he sees the bush and it's not being consumed. What's actually happening is that it is an angel that begins to come and speak to him. And he says, take off your shoes, it's holy ground. He begins to tell him, I'm sending you, sending you back To Israel, in verse 7, it says, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have given heed to their cry because they're taskmasters, for I'm aware of their sufferings. So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and bring them up from the land to a good, spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanite, Hittite, Amorite, and the Perizzite, and Hevite, and Jebusite, he begins to tell them, hey, I'm sending you, I'm, I'm, I am sending you back to Egypt to bring my people to a greater place. Fire of God will often call us to take a step of faith. Hey, I, I, for in his case, it was many steps of faith. For one, he was called to go back to Egypt, the place that he was scared of because he murdered somebody there and he thought that he would get in trouble when he went back there. And what's actually really interesting, if you read that, you should go and just read, man. It's like Exodus, uh, that's, in, that's in chapter two. And then all the way through verse chapter 14 is kind of a lot of this story. And what you constantly see is Moses like argue with God. You ever did that before? No, oh, you're too holy, you won't dare, right? I do it all the time. So but he always wins, because he's God. But uh, but he's, I can't speak, they won't listen to me. And, and, and some of it actually sounds like uh, like a parent talking to their child. He's like, well, take your brother Aaron with you, okay? Just take him with you. You can't talk, he talks a lot, okay? Take him with you. It's really like, it, it, read it, it actually says that. Not in those words, but that's what it says. So it's con- it's like constant arguing over, yet he goes back to Egypt and uh, let my people go. Y'all know, I had to say that if I'm telling Moses' story, right? He goes to Pharaoh and the plagues happen, all all of that, all those things happen and they finally, Pharaoh finally lets them leave. And as they leave, right, God has already given him the promise. God has already given him that I'm gonna bring you to a land flowing with milk and honey. And look, that, the desert does not flow with milk and honey. So he knew that on his journey, he hadn't reached it yet. He, he knew that those 40 years that they were out there, that wasn't the full promise of what God had for them. And then they had this moment where they come to the Red Sea. They had this moment where, all right, God's given them a promise Right of what he's going to do, but they be, they hit trouble along the way. And 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 look, you can con- like, not only is Moses arguing with God, but the Israelites are arguing with Moses, like constantly in there. And and what's funny is, verse verse uh, chapter fourteen, verse thirteen through sixteen says this. But Moses said to the people, do not fear, stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today will never see them again forever. And he says this, the Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. So, So then we go on to the next verse and the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? It's almost like, why, like, like, why, like, I've already told you what I want you to do. I already told you where you're gonna go. I've already given you the promise. Like, why do you, why do you keep coming? Do I need to switch this thing? Are we all right? Everybody's all right? All right, we're good. But uh, he's like, why do you keep coming back and asking me this question? No, I've told you, I've given you my promise. And here's the thing, when you experience the fire of God, Oftentimes it comes with a step of faith that we are required to take to continue to experience the fire of God. Because a step of faith is what produces the fire of God in our lives. And he's saying in that moment, he's like, he's like, hey, you it's this thing. That's what it is. He's like, no, it's not. <laughs> right. I know. Thank you for that clarity. Something going on up in here. Anyway, so, 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 he, so they're in a moment, right? And he, they, not just a step of faith of him going back to Egypt, but he had to lead people into a step of faith to walk across an ocean, right? He's like, just go start walking. And there's a wind starts blowing and begins overnight, it divides. So there's like walls of water on each side and to walk across that. Man. Like, like, I was like iffy about like getting in the water to get a boat, like to walk across an ocean, a sea, right? With walls of water on each side of you, man, talk about walking, taking a step of faith. But what's really awesome is when they did that, God was leading them and was a tornado by day and a tornado of fire by night. And you know what that tornado of fire did? It began to stand between them and the Egyptians. The fire of God kept them safe because the promise of God was with them as they took a step of faith. It's the same for us. The fire of God protects us. It continues us in our hope in the situation when we take that step of faith. They got across to the other side. And as we know, the Israelites, the the sea came back together and they all drowned and, you know, you know what's incredible is that when, when those things happen, it's such a revelation of who God is, right? There's these moments where we experience such a traumatic and amazing, and not even like it can be a good thing, right? Like this dramatic, maybe I should say, event. And we're like, man, God showed himself so powerful in that moment, right? It's a step of faith. You know what God promises when you take a step of faith? that he's with you, that he will not abandon you, that he actually called for you to take that step in the first place and he never would've told you to take that step if he hadn't prepared the way for you to take it. Everything in your life, has every lesson in your life has led up to that moment, to that step of faith. Everything that you have learned is a tool to be used in the moment where God calls you to step out, even when it's scary, especially when it's scary. Maybe, maybe God's called you to take a step of faith and you're struggling with it right now and you're arguing with God about it right now. I would say today God is saying, hey, it's time to go deeper. It's time to take that step of faith. No more excuses, no more arguments. God said it's time. It's time to go deeper because the body of Christ, man, if there's ever a season, ever a season, for the body of Christ to really show up in a community. It's right now. And I'm not even saying like, like, hey, we need to go out and just storm the streets. as. A, but no, every individual, one of us, full with the passion and fire and love of God, serving him and fulfilling our purpose as he's called us to, oh, that changes the community. You know, there's one more one more character I wanna share with you, and it's Elijah. Elijah was known for his, his boldness in his faith, right? I, I mean, if, if you read his story, you know that, that there was 450 prophets of Baal and, uh, and, and, and he was like the only prophet, like he was like the only God standing there and he says, you know what? I, I, I believe in God so strongly that I believe, I believe that, that my God will prove that he is the one true God. First Kings, 18, 30 through nine, y'all good, y'all with me still? I know I'm tracking quite a bit, but there's a reason for it. Then verse 38, so what he did was he had the prophets of Baal set up their altar first, and they put their offering on the altar, and they began to call out for Baal to send fire down to burn up the offering, right? And they actually did this all day long and they begin to like cut themselves and a blood sacrifice they're making to try and get Baal to do something and he actually begins to make fun of them like, hey, maybe Baal's taking a nap or he's going to the bathroom. And, uh, and then in verse 38, it actually gets to Elijah, it says, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. When all of the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord he is God, the Lord, He is God. The fire of God revealed the presence of God, right? But what a lot of times would happen is that we go through these big things and then and then we we get to the other side and we're like, okay, now what? I, I remember like uh, there are times like when we were in Laplace and we'd have these just like miraculous, amazing services, like God moved. And then a worship leader would come to me after service, like, we're just supposed to go to lunch after that? Like, 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 like we're just supposed to leave after experiencing something? Like, like, how, like, does it end right there? Like, is that it? Like, it's almost impossible to end a good service, right? Because it's like, how do you tell people, go home when God's been moving in the place, right? But, but my family's hungry, and we gotta go get lunch and turn the lights off. But uh, but it can be a struggle, to continue, even with the fire of God, like through those moments, it can be a, a struggle where we can get worn out. Look, even in, even in Elijah's story, verse 45, I, I threw this in here just because I thought it was fun, but verse 45 says, in a little while the sky grew black and the clouds and the wind, and there was a heavy shower, and Ahab robe with Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. He girded up his loins and outran Ahab and Jezreel. So he defeated the prophets of Baal with the fire of God, and then the hand of God was on him so much that he had the strength and the ability to run like flash and outrun a chariot down the hill. Yet it left him in this place where he was worn out and he began to have fear build up on the inside of him. It actually says that he, he went to one place and he just laid on a, under a tree on a rock and said, "'God, I'm all by myself, just let me die.'" And and when you read it, right, you look at that, you read it, and you're like, man, how, like, What you just experienced, how can you find yourself in that place? Yet us as Christians, we can experience amazing moments of the fire of God. Yet there are moments in life where doubt and fear begin to creep back into us. And we begin to struggle with the the whole anointing of God, the presence of God, the fire. We even begin to have questions about the existence of God at some time. I'm sorry if that's a little too real for you guys. But look, there are times where we're going to have doubt and tries to creep back in in our lives despite the fact that we experienced such an amazing, miraculous presence of God. And that's exactly what we see here in Elijah's story. He, he goes and he, he hides and says, God, God just killed me, he lays on the rock and then an angel comes and gives him some bread and some water and he eats it and goes back to sleep. And the angel wakes him up again, feeds him again and it says that, that that fed him and kept him sustained for 40 days and 40 nights while he went up onto the mountain of God. And this, this is important, y'all. We're, just tune in right here. If you tuned out and got bored with the message, tune back into this for me. Chapter 19, verse 9 through 13. He's in, he's in the cave on the mountain of God. Then he came there to a cave and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. He said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah you ever asked yourself that question, how have I gotten here? I've experienced, like, the fire of God, the presence of God, the miraculous things of God, yet I continue to find myself in a situation of fear and of doubt. I think it's in those moments that we begin to question whether we actually can go deeper in our relationship with God. Those are the moments their insecurity begin to rise up on the inside of us, and then, and then, Elijah says this back to God. He said, I've been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword, and I am, I am left. And they seek my life to take it away. So God said, go forth and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by. And a great strong wind was rendering the mountain and breaking into pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a gentle blowing. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle, went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? A still, small voice. You know, the fire of God is awesome, but what if the season you're in isn't about the fire of God or even the moment you're in isn't about the fire of God? And that's really what your struggle is. God's still in it. What, 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 if, what if God's in the whisper right now? Because he's in the wind, he's in the fire. But what, what about when he's in the whisper? And you know what the whisper is all about? It's about drawing you closer to him, it, it's about experiencing more of him despite the fear, despite the doubt, despite the problems that you're going through. You know, I uh last night I was if I could just be transparent some more for a minute, last night I was writing this this message and it was just like fear and doubt just begin to invade and it was like the message stinks, it's terrible, this isn't what God's saying, stop writing. And I was like, no. So I kind of kept going, and I kind of, I've learned, like, my, my mental limit, like, there's just moments where I need to put something down for a little while and come pick back up later, and, and, and I laid my head down, and I was trying to think through the message, and it really still began to tell me, like, no, the message is terrible, like, nobody's gonna get saved, like, whatever. I just, I just came to the place and said, Lord, I just want to rest in you. I, I have these thoughts. I have this attack, and I recognize it, but I refuse to believe it. You know, I, I heard Pastor Larry Stockstill say one time, it's like, "Hey, look, you just be praying up and deliver the pizza. If they don't like it, it's their problem. Here's your pizza." But, but, but in that moment, it's like, you know what? The, the sermon wasn't even completely done. But I put it down and I said, "God, I'm just gonna rest in you." I'm, I'm just, I'm just, uh, uh, you know what? All the things that have happened, everything I've been through, in this moment, I just need your peace. Man, I had a good night's sleep. And I woke up this morning and I came back to write it and that, and, and it was still there. But I said, God, I, I just, I just want your peace. He said, that is your closing. Peace. Sometimes it's the fire of God, it's the passion, it's 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 what we it's what we're experiencing. And sometimes, sometimes we just need the peace of God. There's actually a deeper place in what we're going through. You know, I I just I don't want to keep telling the story, but you maybe you guys know I came here from a, a church that we planned in Laplace, and and, and and every day I'm really learning. Like, I'm not back fully functional as where I was before we closed the church. Grief is a, it's a hard thing. Like like, like grief will will it'll it'll be debilitating in ways that you didn't even understand. I was talking with somebody this week, and they had a family member going through something. And it's like it's like he he he's just getting through the day, like like he's not getting anything done. But it's like, but you, what you don't understand is this person is probably going through so much grief that it's actually that that is everything that they have right now. That That is everything that they can they, they just to muster to get through the day. And, and it's like every day, I, I just feel like the Lord just a little bit at a time, just, just bringing me back to that. And I don't look, I'm not looking to go, to go back to that place. I'm just looking forward to be fully functional. Because there was a season where my brain couldn't, I, I couldn't process information, anything like I used to. But I was like, Lord, like like, when does this end? When does this go? And the Lord says, look, this is, this is like an addict in recovery. It's minute by minute, day by day. It's hour by hour, week by week, month by month, year by year. And that's what the Lord wants just for us to continually engage him in who he is, despite the circumstances that we're going through. Yet even know that I may not be all the way back. I can still experience the presence of God and the peace of God in my life. And it's actually brought me to a deeper place with him than where I was before. That's so much more important. Maybe that was the purpose of what he wanted to do. Maybe you went through something that really was difficult. It was a divorce, the loss of a family member, the loss of a job. Whatever that is. And you just need the peace of God. Uh, let me just be clear, like, that, that peace, it rest is in peace, but rest and peace does not mean that you just sit at home and don't do anything. That, that's what the Sabbath is, okay? Just, just, if you are constantly physically worn out, you need to keep the Sabbath. Right? That's important. But, but the rest of God, it's simple, it doesn't even mean to stop motion. It just means that you have the peace in your heart. Because the exercise of our mind when we're going through hell is more physically exhausting than a full-time manual labor job. And if that's where you are, if, if, if that's the place, you just, you just need the peace of God to speak to your heart, to rest in him. You know, there's a Christian discipline called the daily office. And just simply means your morning prayer time with him. Resting in the Lord comes with your daily office. The peace of God is placed on you in your daily office. doesn't mean it's the only place, but if that's what you need, that's what you, that's what you should be doing is the daily office. What does it mean to go deeper? simply means to experience more of God in the middle of what you're going through. Look, in the class that we're doing tonight, it's not about exegeting scriptures, and although we will, it's not about teaching you something new that you didn't know, but we still may. it's, It's really about allowing God to speak to you where you are, whether you're in the place of experiencing the fire of God and you just need to stay on fire whether God's calling you to take a step of faith and you just need the tools to do that or the encouragement, God's calling you to that place. Maybe it's just the peace of God. You know, one of the greatest things that we're gonna be doing in this group is that each one, everybody in the group is actually gonna be part of a small group and you're gonna have a leader that is gonna be kind of mentoring you through the next six weeks. And part part of what their job is is to simply relate, they're going to pray for you, but then they're going to tell you and prophesy over you a word from the Lord for you. But not only are they going to do that, but they're going to begin to ask you, what is the Lord saying to you? And begin to pull out of you God's presence and what God's saying over you in that season, which is one of the greatest things we'll ever experience. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your love. I thank you for, oh man, so much that you had us covered today. God, we thank you for the fire of God that we experienced today. Fall fire. Keep, keep us burning, Lord. Lord God, I thank you for the opportunity to take a step of faith, Lord God. Whoever you've been calling to that, Lord God, I ask that, that you would just help them to see the tools. Lord God, to have the hope to take that step, to see you move in a miraculous way. Lord God, whoever it is that needs your peace, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would speak peace right now. Lord God, that hearts would be calmed, negative thoughts would be taken captive and become obedient to you, Lord. Lord, that we take our current circumstance in life. God, not that we just shout your name at them, Lord God, but we begin to bring them at your feet. Say, Lord God, that we know that we are overwhelmingly overcomers because we lay these things at your feet. You give us promises, fire, and peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.